Hello everyone and welcome back to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Bit scary that, wouldn't it? Um, As always, here I am at the top of the podcast, just asking you to share the show around with your friends, join the Facebook group and get involved. Um, Apart from that, I really, really hope that you enjoy the episode. And remember, if you purposely get yourself locked into a haunted house, you deserve everything you get. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week I talk to a guest about their history with horror movies and a movie of their choice with a couple of fun questions at the end creating a delightful horror sandwich. This week I'm joined by Adam who I'm going to stop being rude and say hello to. Hello Adam. Hello. Hello Mark. (laughs) How are you? I'm all right. Uh, Tired. Uh, I've been working a lot at the moment. Uh, The company I work for there's a new company we're just over, taking over a new pub and it's uh, four days in and we were doing a lot of redecorating last week and stuff like that but yeah it's going well long days but it's it's good work thank you that sounds like hard work i was on nights like i suppose last night this morning whatever you want to call it so i'm also running on fumes so that'll be exciting that'll be that'll make for a fun podcast <laughs> um so we might as well get into the first slice of bread in this horror sandwich um and i will start by asking you what is the first horror movie you can remember seeing well uh my history of horror is quite weird actually so i have to preface this before i tell you the first one i've ever seen was basically my brother who's 10 years older than me i'm 37 so he's 47 him and his mates the love horror movies I was always, I was younger, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was always a bit scared of them. But whenever he would come round, I was like, Nicky, that's my brother's name, have you seen mm-hmm. any new horror movies? And he would be like, yeah. And i say, tell me about it. So that was kind of my introduction to horror movies in a way, from him telling me stories of films that I was too scared to watch. <laughs> but I remember one afternoon, I was round at his mates with him, and they made me a Jason Voorhees-style hockey mask. They actually made one. It was brilliant. I wish I still had it. It wouldn't Ooh. fit now, but it was brilliant. It was really done really well. Um, and they were watching this horror movie called, I can't remember exactly what it's called, <laughs> Paper House or something. Um, I've seen it since, or I think I've seen it since, if that makes sense. It's Paper House or the trailer. There was this drawing of this badly drawn kid style drawing of a house. And then a little girl at the window who just looked terrified that is the earliest recollection of actually seeing a horror movie that i can remember of a film that i don't know the name of and i can't now recollect i can't remember exactly what it's called or anything (laughs) but it's always stuck in my craw is what i remember well paper house is a horror movie 1988 so that does that does fit um does fit actually yeah um, and just looking at it now, I want—I'd love to pretend that I'm the fountain of horror knowledge, and and that I just came up with that on my own. But actually, looking at it, 
that sounds exactly like the movie that you're that you're describing it's uh i might have to watch it at some point just to be like oh now i've seen the movie that introduced me to horror i guess maybe one day we'll get you back on and we'll we'll do it together yeah no that would be yeah yeah so that's uh that is one to add to the list um which i will do at the end of this so um well let's say that paper house is the first one you can remember seeing them <laughs> um yes yeah. so given that when did you actually become a fan of horror though quite late actually because again my relationship with horror is really weird like a slasher movie like a jason Voorhees, a michael myers yeah freddie any day of the week i can do that the blood the gore and that that's absolutely fine <laughs> but something a bit more scary like an exorcist or something like that i don't it, it it freaks me out like actually the good example is the rob zombie first halloween remake yeah i that film really stuck in my craw because it was a child serial killer that i don't like <laughs> had it been a, a jason who's going around as some sort of unkillable zombie slashing people up in really brutal ways that i'm fine with but this also is like i don't like true crime true crime like on netflix and stuff true crime really scares me and i can't watch it unless there's some sort of supernatural element if that makes sense yeah yeah no so it's a, a dip it, a dip into reality it's not what you want so i would say probably quite late probably well, I'm 37 now, probably mid, probably early 20s, probably about 22, 23 when I started watching them. Right. Okay. And you would you say you went in with slasher films then and moved on from there? Yes. Yeah, definitely slasher films. Definitely. Okay. Well, given what you just said, what is the scariest horror movie? Well, I don't, I'm going to have to, I'll probably have to go with it. I, House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or... Or the Devil's Rejects, probably. Right. Just yeah. they're so unsettling. Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses is definitely unsettling. Just it's, uh... so unsettling. And, and it's one of them things where you watch it and you're like, this didn't need to be made. There's no point to this. It's like, say, the Human Centipede. You didn't need to make this. This did not need to be in the world. No, yeah. No, there's a, there's a few movies that I've got on my list of not worth watching uh i wouldn't actually say that house of a thousand corpses sits in there but it is very close to that um i i much prefer the devil's rejects uh, yeah, just because that yeah. i think that's got a more of a point to it and a more cohesive plot to be honest yeah to be fair sid haig in that is, is is so good and adds a sort of element of um well despite the fact that he's threatening in it the the, the comedy the, yes as well that it just sort of just take a little bit of the tension off that film just a little bit of the edge um but rob zombie certainly knows how to delve into that dark side of the psyche that's for sure the reason um, also I said was zombie is that, that halloween film the original he, the, his remake in yeah that one as well that, that stuck with me because the, it's the child serial killer it kind of a bit that that as well so i think rob zombie his films are a little bit too much for me maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean that rob zombie halloween film a lot of people don't like it it sits fine with me i mean it's one of these a lot of times with remakes i think the problem is that they didn't need to be remade and that's that's the same with that one but i kind of like the dip into michael myers as a 
sort of kid. I quite like it. Mm. So moving away from that and probably going more into the slasher side, what is the best kill? I I do like the it's the, the it's a Jason kill from oh, a, yeah. I can't remember which uh, Friday the Thirteenth film. No, night no, Friday the Thirteenth uh-huh. one with the bed where he, he sandwiches the bed on the person and breaks them in half with the bed. I just think that is visually cool and just visceral and stupid and ridiculous but it's just a very cool kill i get the feeling that that's freddy versus jason it might be actually i think it is it might be it's still it's still jason but yeah yeah no no you're right no i uh, you're right and to be fair given creative kills jason's up there with with the best well i probably say that he is the best as far as creative kills go, anyway. Um, I know Jigsaw's up there, though. Uh, oh, don't get me started on Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, moving further away from that, so standout effects for you in a movie, what would you say in a horror movie? <laughs> I, I think, I know we just, I know you said don't go down the Saw route, but I, I think visually and the effects in the Saw films are actually really, really good. And yes, yeah. I, I follow a, a lady on TikTok who does a lot about the saw traps, and a lot of the traps were actually made, and they actually do what they're supposed to do, but obviously under safety. But the, the only way they could get the actual effects is they actually have to do what they do, and that is just that is terrifying, but also really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they are very creative, and they and 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 they do stand out. It's just that. And and these are obviously all your choices. Don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't influence you in that. It's just that over the years I've really really lost my pleasure in the Saw movies. Well, I only really liked the first two, and from there on I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't like Spiral then? I I didn't even watch it because um, it's the fact that my sister really wants me to, but I just like I really lost my uh, willingness to watch Saw movies. Because um, okay, if anything. It's more that I find that their need to have such clever twists really gets my back up. <laughs> yeah, the, the twists are ridiculous, but I've got to say they're not my favourite horror franchise or whatever, but I do actually really like the Saw films. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a dip in quality, but the first one I think is just superb. I mean, visually how it looks with two men chained in a loo and they do so much with them two characters. I just think it's very, very cool. Well... We'll skip a question and we'll we'll move around. So, given that, then what is your favorite franchise? The franchise would be the Saw franchise. All oh, right, yeah. franchise. It's Saw is your favorite franchise. Oh, easily, easily. Um, they 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 vary in quality. Yeah. Um, and that the twists are rubbish, but <laughs> as a franchise, I I do just find it very cool and how they keep upping themselves with the ridiculousness because they are ridiculous films. But equally, I also do think they they just they are very easy as well. They're very accessible. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. But they are fun in a really macabre way, like Spiral. I actually really enjoyed it. I know it was quite panned critically, whatever. But a lot of the Saw films have been, to be honest. Well, I think as a horror fan, you have to accept that most of the movies you're going to watch are not going to be critical successes. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. just part of being a horror fan um so oh, what is a movie that needs a sequel 
or movies that need to stop making sequels, or if you've got answers for both, then go for it. I would quite like to see a prequel or some sort of sequel to Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just because Event Horizon was brilliant. It's sci-fi horror, obviously, but it's a brilliant film. Really dark, really creepy, very scary. I'd just like to see more about that ship that went through hell because uh, I, I just i just think there's a there's an interest in mythology probably there a prequel would probably be quite interesting to be honest yeah that that movie's definitely due it definitely is due a prequel or sequel you're right because it stands out that's sam neill right yeah, yes yeah it was a good movie that was a good movie yeah you're right that that works even a remake would be cool oh, well, don't i don't know about a remake but perhaps yeah, like you say, a sequel or a, or a prequel would be good for that one. Um, right, yeah. let us move on to what is the worst horror movie you've seen? Um, no, this is worst as just is, is bad, not uh-huh. good, boring, basically, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, okay. yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> was terrible. The Jason remake wasn't good. No. But at least it was watchable. Yeah. The Halloween remakes aren't, oh, they're not remakes, they're all continuations, whatever, aren't, they're not to my taste, uh-huh. but they're good. But no, that Nightmare on Elm Street remake was terrible. Yeah, um, I, I, I have to agree with you there. It is a terrible, a terrible horror movie. And he just didn't have the charisma of Robert England. Either. No, not at all. No. Um, I, I, the thing is, if you go back and watch it sort of a couple of times, because I do try to do that these days. Um, you can see what they were trying to do and they were trying to escape totally from Robert Englund's Freddy and give you an actual sort of scary Freddy again, but it just, just didn't work, did it? Well, that's the thing. And I, I think even though we all know Freddy was, a, uh, uh, Robert Englund's Freddy was a child killer. That's not the point of Freddy. Freddy is these witty little witty one-liners where, you don't like him because he's a dream demon. Mm, he's killing yeah. teenagers, but you still like him. Whereas this one in the remake was just a child. Yeah. There's no redeemable qualities there at no. all. It was, um, yeah, it was nasty really, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to accept your answer, but I do. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your favorite horror movie? Grave Encounters. Oh, the, the movie that we're about to review. Yes. <laughs> Well, then, let's not spend too much time discussing that now and actually go into the movie itself, then. So, uh, yeah, Grave Encounters is a movie that you brought brought today. So um, I am just going to go through um, some small amount of facts. Well, not particularly facts in this case. Um, and the cast. So we've got Grave Encounters, which is a 2011 found footage movie. Directed by the Vicious Brothers, who it turns out aren't brothers. No. <laughs> but they are vicious, apparently. <laughs> this was made for a budget of $120,000, and it box officed at $5.4 million. Um, So it made a really good profit. That blew me away, that. Made a really... Yeah, that blew me away. I mean, you can watch it, and you can tell that it's low budget, yeah. but I don't think that takes away from the film. I think that adds to it, but to have that sort of budget and then make the budget it did, uh, how much it made, that is that is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it it did well. I mean, it's not 
it's not paranormal activity good, um, but it is no. it is good. I mean, we'll go into a little bit of the cast. So we've got Sean Rogerson as Lance, uh, Ashley Gruzko as Sasha. I don't know if I said that right. Merwin Mondesir as TC, Mackenzie Gary as Houston, and Juan Juan Ridinger Ridinger as Matt. Sorry, I, I, I don't know if I said that right. The quick um, summary of this is the crew of a ghost hunting TV show Grave Encounters hole up in an abandoned psychiatric hospital hoping to catch some spooks on camera. A scenario that can only ever end badly. And it does. <laughs> it does indeed. This film opens with, like most uh, found footage movies, it opens with a sort of, hey, this is real. This actually happened but in a more fun way than just having um, sort of text come on screen saying this was found in whatever. So we discover that um, what we're about to watch is a sort of collation of footage from a TV show that was in production, which, like I say, I enjoyed um, as far as, you know, the opening of this is concerned. Uh, A tape arrived in the mail. It was a, a pilot episode of a new reality series called Grave Encounters. And it was by a young producer named uh, Lance Preston. And then, of course, they, uh, they got to episode six. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Yeah, I want to be very clear about this. What you're about to see is not a movie, okay? This has been assembled from some 76 plus hours of raw mini DV source footage that was shot for Lance's show. Not a frame of this has been doctored. It hasn't been manipulated in any way. This is just raw footage. It's been edited strictly for time. I also really enjoy when we actually get into this into it. I like the intro for Grave Encounters, the sort of opening spot, if you will, which yeah. it's a really good, well, I was going to say parody of one of these shows, which I guess it is, but it's not really a parody, is it? It's like, a you know, this is what these shows actually look like. It's not a... Yeah, it's a, it reminds me of Zach Bran, Brannig, Brannigan's uh, Ghost Adventures. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it does have. It does have that energy. My name is Lance Preston. When I was a boy, my family moved into a house that I soon discovered was haunted. The things I encountered have stayed with me forever. Ever since then, I have been obsessed with trying to capture proof that these things were real. Come along with me and my team of skilled paranormal investigators as we dare to venture into some of the most haunted locations known to man, spending the night and capturing everything on camera. If you're ready, it's time to have some grave encounters. I think we told previously, though, that this show, this fictional show, was potentially made before any of these types of shows were were going to be a thing. So, um, yeah. What we find out is, I think, uh, that they're going to be spending the night in Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital. Um, we get some interviews with a few people and a bit of backstory. Now, I had to stop this on the second time round because I was sure that I had um, that this was based on something true. Um, but it actually turns out that I've seen one of the sequels to this. So I was like, oh, that's why I know some of this story. So we learn that... Um, there was a, psychi- a psychiatrist there, Dr. Friedkin, who was doing questionable experiments on people. Yeah. Again, I really enjoyed the interviews with the people. We There's 
um, I guess I think a historian there, someone who was trying to do work on the building. They have the the caretaker who was called Kenny, and I really enjoy his sort of nervous energy when they're talking to him, and he's talking about some of the things that happen during it. I, I like when they uh, talk about the interviews. I like where they're with yeah. the gardener, and he he he's, he's saying trying to say he hasn't seen nothing. Uh, so they they go off camera yeah. and they give him twenty or whatever to get so in he's like there was a ghost ghost right over there and it, it's just so blatant but it's so funny and i imagine that's how a lot of these shows work. yeah that that i've got that written down as one of my favorite bits with a painter garden because his face when he tells this story is fantastic <laughs> it was over there yeah. it was very scary <laughs> yeah i'm standing here with the resident gardener javier ortega javier have you ever seen anything strange in the past 10 years of working here yeah, I saw a ghost over here. It was a really scary. The little bit about this that I didn't like is they show some sort of archival footage of back in the day, and it 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 sucks. It doesn't look like archival footage. It looks like handheld camera footage from today, but the people in it seem to have Batman, Batman eye makeup. Yeah. Like I say, they get into the house, it get into the psychiatric place. Um we meet one of the characters, Houston Gray, who's playing a sort of Derek Akara, if you if you like, in in, in England. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I, 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 there is something else here. It's it's like a dark spirit. It might even possibly be a demon. And we have got to be extremely cautious tonight, Lance. I mean, we do not want to be messing with something like this. No, no, that gentleman. Where else has he been in? Because he is very mm. recognisable. I don't know, you know, I think he looks like somebody who is somebody else. Do you know if that makes sense? If that makes sense. Um, but I yes. will look it up now. I'm looking at his filmography and I can't see anything that he has um, been in that stands out. No, you're probably, just, you're probably right. He probably looks like Yeah, else. I can't see that he's been in anything else that stands out. Well, it says he was in Babylon 5. I think he looks a bit like... Thingy, um, Eric Roberts. I think that's what I'm getting there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I say, he plays a sort of psychic character, but the way that he plays it is fantastic. Yeah, you're right. He does. It looks just like Eric Roberts. <laughs> um, yeah. We have a look at some paranormal equipment, which I enjoyed as well. They get themselves locked into this hospital, which makes no sense at all. I mean, sure, get it as a shot, you know, show yourselves being locked in, but don't actually get locked in. It seems like insanity. Well, surely that's a fire hazard. All them equipment, all that equipment, it's a fire hazard at the end of the day. Yeah, as when well. you think about it, actually come to think of it, the caretaker tells the guy not to smoke because it's a fire hazard, but of course he just yeah. happily locks them in. But you're right, they could have definitely faked that being locked in very, very easily. Mm, it doesn't make sense. They could have shot it once with them being locked in and then just unlocked yeah, it. It doesn't make sense. Um, oh, previous to that, actually, uh, I forgot to mention that the caretaker takes them into uh, some service tunnels which connect different buildings to each other. Uh, the service tunnels are creepy even in the day. Uh, well, I guess they're dark, so mm. not fun. Don't go down there. So, yeah, they're, they're trapped inside. Very stupid. They do this fun team shot 
which I also enjoyed, um, where they're all sort of standing in a, uh, I want to say like an Avengers style pose, <laughs> where the whole the whole team is yeah. together, which is really good. It really stands out as um, <laughs> as a good part of it. Uh, like I say, it makes it seem like a TV show. Yeah, so obviously not a lot happens. You get this, um, as found footage movies do, you get this whole lot of nothing happening for quite a long time, which is fine by me. I think that's found footage movies are, are built on that. You know, it's building tension is, like you say, what these movies are for, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, one of the things I liked, as you're saying, to build the tension is a lot of the shots where it's just a long shot and you, you can see and you think something's going to happen and then it yeah. doesn't. And I, I mean, a lot of films do that. Action, a lot of films in general do that. And I just think that's very, it's a good effective thing where you focus on a background or something, expecting something to happen and nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, those, those bits are good. Like I say, I, I, I'm a found footage guy. I really like found footage movies. And I think that those are the things that stand out. You know, like I'd say the ones at the top of the game, Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, those films are built on, nothing happening for a long time mm. and a sort of slow burn as to where when we get there so uh the cameraman tc who to me is was very unlikable the whole way through i was quite happy for him to at some point get it he has a door slam behind him which uh, is a relatively good well, it's not a good effect but you know what i mean uh it works it works in yeah, terms yeah. of um and then sasha uh, has someone breathe in her hair, and that's a, that is a sort of good effect, and that does work. That does work really nicely. And, mm. it's not sort of... and her fear—you can actually. She's very. I think. I think she's the most likable person in the film. Actually, actually. You're right? Yeah. Um, and also, I think she's probably the best actor, maybe yeah, as well. I would agree with that. Um, I've got later on. There was they just have her and Lance left, and filming the two of them. She looks genuinely scared, yeah. you know, like it, it really he just looks tired. Yeah, it really works as um as a just a shot that she looks so genuinely scared. Uh, it is it, like I say, I actually thought that this uh, film is considering its budget is acted relatively well. You know, there are higher yeah. budget movies um where the acting is a lot worse. But I, I guess the point of a film like this and other fine footage is you don't need people. You don't need a a a great a, a Rob Roy. You don't need a. I'm just trying to think of good characters. Like you don't need a Maximus like from Gladiator. You don't need good characters. You need people to act like real yeah. people. Which I, I would imagine is actually harder than it seems. <laughs> yes, I reckon yeah. it probably is. Yeah. So the cat, uh, the tech guy Matt goes missing, and then for some reason they decide to split up, which seems like a ridiculous thing to do. But I mentioned as well, why are we splitting up? Come on, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think at that point, TC gets shoved down the stairs. Yes. Work. Uh, again, going back, going like later on in the film and here, because of the, because everything's done from a camera point of view, it works well as a sort of shot, you know, because you sort of fall with the character. It works okay. At this point, they decide to break the front door down because the Kenny has not come back. He hasn't come back to let them out. Um, so they break down the front door. But when they do break it down, they find that it's not the exit that it should be. It just leads into more corridors. What we do see is that they show the back side of the door, which is showing graffiti, which was on the outside door. So it is quite 
I can't remember what the graffiti says now. Right? I should have written it down. Uh, stay. Um, d- don't you won't live yeah, or something like, like that. Death awaits. There you Death go. Awaits. Death awaits. Yeah. Green spray yeah. paint. Um, and then we got to sort of get endless corridors. It's a bit of a loop, isn't it? Like a sort of video game loop. Um, so they just end yeah. up going around in a loop. I noticed it was still nighttime, but then they do they do mention that that it does seem to still be nighttime, considering that he says it's eight forty two in the morning. And my my one criticism is when they realise that it's on a loop is there's I know there's the two open windows upstairs, the one that was a, a point that they yeah, yeah. marked for when it shut. Surely try and get out with that window somehow. That didn't have bars on at that one window. Yes, it would be very high up, but surely try and figure some way to get out of that window. They never, ever did that. They never went back to that spot, annoyingly. No, it is mentioned, but they do say it's like an 80-foot an drop. But as you say, um, they maybe could have tried something. Yelling or anything. <laughs> they do try yelling out of windows at some point. Um, given what we know, I think in all likelihood, they were never getting out of here. We find no. that all the food that they brought is rotten, which is good. Uh, they're told that there's, there should be a fire escape, so they um, they go all the way up to what they think is the roof to find the fire escape is no escape. There's just a wall there. Mm. Sasha gets hello scratched into her. That looks nasty. That it does. Scratch. It's good makeup, um, but it looks really sore. It does look really sore. It does. It's very good effect, yeah. actually. Then we get... Um, right, I'm on a level with you. This is where it starts to lose me, because okay. we get... Ghost girl, uh, there's a girl in a corner of a room. Yeah. When she she's wearing like a hospital thing, and when she turns around, turns around, she's got a normal face, but then it drops into a sort of scary face. But as an effect, I actually thought it was something akin to like a filter, like a, like a camera filter these days. You know what I mean? Not. It was just sort of it lost me a little bit there. Let's see. Houston gets lo- lost in the dark. Again, that's good because we see it from a night vision point of view. But obviously, for him, it's pitch black. And I like the way, mm. presumably, the actor could see, or maybe they set it up so he couldn't. But the fact that he's feeling his way along, it, it it's a weird tension that we get seeing him not being able to see. It's quite good. Yeah, He's lifted up, choked, and then thrown, as I, as I recall. We get a sort of flash of light, and then he's thrown. <laughs> yeah. They all have a little sleep. And then when they wake up, they've all got patient bracelets on, which I also thought was a good touch. Mm. Um, They find the missing Matt, who is also wearing um, a a gown. Gown, isn't he? Full gown. Very much mumbling about how he's been cured or whatever. Yeah. Of course, there's a way out. (laughs) We can all leave as soon as we're better. What? What do you mean when we're better? What the fuck does that mean? But I, I wasn't ready yet. <laughs> Progress is slow, but the patient is responding to treatment. This guy's out of his mind. He's like high or something. He's talking all kinds of things. PC, shut up. He don't need to shut up. He's fucking. Fuck. Please. Shh, shh, shh. Don't be sad. Everything's gonna be okay. He'll help you too. Then we get a room of hands. <laughs> that 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 effect, the first time I ever watched this film, I've seen it three or four times, maybe five or six times this film. The first time I ever saw the mm-hmm. hands, the room of hands, that 
creeped me out so much and it still does if you see it in video games or in art installations in like modern art galleries or anything anything where their arms or legs coming out of the ceiling or walls or furniture it just creeps me out actually really just creeps me out uh, i can see where i can see where you're coming from again i think i think i i don't know if i didn't like the effects or it was just um because they'd ramped up the terror from being sort of you know very tense to now we're going to give you the scares i think that's where it started to lose me a bit i think it's because the film has a short quite it's only an hour and a half long yeah um so they need to get do a lot i'll i'll sort of give you my thoughts about that at at the end basically um so uh we get a bathtub ghost tc is dragged into a bath of blood and then absolutely disappears yeah Oh, this is what I wrote about the actors looking scared at this point. So this is what I said to you before. They find an elevator shaft and um, Lance tries to pry it open. But on his way to get a tool, he finds, I've written tongue ghost. Because there's a ghost missing a tongue, which chases after them. They do open the elevator shaft and we see while they're trying to hold the ghost back, Matt just commits suicide, dives down the elevator shaft, which... Again, was something I was saying to you before. We see that from a camera point of view, and it works well. Mm. Climb down the elevator shaft and go into the tunnels, but they get lost in the tunnels, which is a shock yeah. to them. And I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what they thought was going to happen when they got into the darkest, most horrible part of the place. Like, oh, this is our escape. No, this is your doom. Um, the uh, Lance and Sasha, who are the only ones left, uh, lying in the tunnel when a load of fog mist comes in and then Sasha disappears. Yeah, that, that's yeah. odd. We, oh, there's a lot of, um, we see Lance try to use the voice recorder to sort of, you know, ask questions. But when he plays it back, there are so many voices on the thing. He can't, we can't even hear what anyone says. What do you want from me? Then he eats a dead rat, which is gross. He gets himself into an operating room, which... Um... Well, just go back to the dead okay. rat. That's the thing I don't get. Like, how long is, has it... it I, I'm a vegetarian, right. but I'd have to be not eat for a very long while before I eat a dead rat. I think it, it's hard to say, but also... I mean, he does suggest that he's been there for a long time. Yeah. But I think also he's definitely losing his mind. Yes. So like I say, we go into the operating room. In the operating room, we see pictures of people who have been operated on. I think I felt like they missed a trick here. I really thought the pictures should have been pictures of his team. Yeah. It would have would have been a really good... I mean, I guess that what my feeling is that those are real pictures. And I think that's what happened there. Um, but I think it would have yeah. would have been all right if... Like I say, if the pictures have been of his team, it would have been a scarier moment. Also on the floor, there's like this satanic yeah, I've... Uh, cult imagery. Yeah, it turns out there's some kind of ritual, <laughs> a book of magic, and... <laughs> yeah. 
then Lance finally meets his, his death by Ghost Doctor, who's also wearing the Batman makeup, which, for those of you who don't know, is just black eyes. We hear him sort of screaming in the background, which is good acting, I thought. And then he signs off uh, the show, you know, thanks very much, Grave Encounters. He's said I'm all better now. is the end of the movie in that when when he signs off it looks like he's been lobotomized yeah because he's bleeding from the eyes and the head yes it does so my thoughts about this movie before we give it my very poor review system is that this movie was brilliant at building tension it built tension fantastically but when it stopped building tension it lost me quite a lot when we started seeing ghosts and things and there was a lot of screaming and running it sort of was at the height of its tension that's when it's lost it sort of um sort of scares for me if if you will i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it was a bad movie because as fan footage movies go and i've seen a lot of them it stands out as being a good one but i think that like i said going back to like paranormal activity and blair witch those films are built on long tension with Sort of a small payoff, really, but the payoff being because you because they've sort of edged you all the way there. Yeah, but obviously you like this movie. I, I do, and I, I think also like with a lot of films, songs, whatever, it also was a time in my life and the people I watched yeah. it with. So it's a composition of everything. It's it's the same actually. I was just thinking about it there. There's another movie that kind of rivals mm-hmm. this. Well, I had to pick one. And one I own, one I don't. Basically. Right, okay. Um, is the other one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the the remake, the one from the two thousands. That movie, I think, in one evening we, we watched both of them back to back at university. So they hold a very special place in my life and in, in my heart, really. And that's probably why Grave Encounters, because yeah, I know objectively it's not the best film in the world. I think, but to me, it's. It, it, weirdly, it's like a warm hug in a way. <laughs> yeah, or an ice cold hug in this case. <laughs> yeah, a blood soaked hug. And, uh, I, and ultimately, it really is each to their own, isn't it? Everybody likes something different. So, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to think that I'm ragging on this movie because it was, as fan footage movies go, it was, it was a good one. But I will say one caveat to that the sequel to mm-hmm. this film. Grave Encounters 2 is shockingly bad. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to have to dip into that, you know. It, it's it's not good. It's just not a good film. <sighs> that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, know no, why. definitely. And please, please message me and let me know what you think I of will, it. Well, but yeah. I found doing this podcast, I'm getting less and less time to watch the horror movies I actually want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine because I've been getting to watch movies that I wouldn't have watched. So, um, you know, like I don't think I would have dipped yeah. into this. So I'm really glad that you brought it to me. Um, right. So let's give it my ridiculous rating system. So you've got two choices here. It's either a creative psychopath or it's shit. <laughs> I'll 
I'm going to assume you, it, because it's your favourite, you'll say it's a creative psychopath. <laughs> oh, I would, yes. Yeah. Um, well, so far, nobody's brought me one that I'm going to rate as shit, so I'll also give this a creative psychopath, because despite the fact that I think I could have changed bits of it, it's watchable, and um, it does have some scares in it. So, yeah, we'll give it that. Right, so that's the end of that. So let's ask Excellent. the final two questions for the podcast. Uh, which are you'd think I'd know them by now. What's a scary moment from a non horror movie that you remember? Raptors in the Kitchen, Jurassic Park. Oh, absolutely. I was very young the first time I ever saw Jurassic Park. I was sitting in the yeah. cinema. I literally I feel like Mr. Bean did in that in the, the Mr. Bean episode where he emptied the popcorn and put it on his head. <laughs> I was so scared. I didn't quite do that, but I was so scared I covered my face and everything. <laughs> And I honestly do believe, cinematically, Raptors in the Kitchen is the scariest piece of non-horror ever. Well, um, no, that is a really good choice. But I would probably argue that Jurassic Park is a horror movie. It might be be family-friendly, but it's definitely a scary-ass movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, maybe, actually. But... I do. It, it 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 doesn't sit in the horror genre because, um, you know, because it's, it, a, because PG. it's a PG. And you know, I've be, I've talked to a few people on this podcast now, and Spielberg scared the shite out of us all all over the all over the world from from Jaws to yeah. ET to the Goonies to Jurassic Park. He's constantly scaring the shite out of us, so that's fine. You know, Jaws is a funny one. You picked up. I only watched Jaws. During the first lockdown, I'd never seen it, and I watched the first Jaws movie. Uh, well, also with that, and I also watched the Aliens, all the Alien films, for the first time as well. Wow, yeah. awesome! Uh, right, so if you could make a non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? Darth Vader, just mowing down the Rebel Alliance. He is one of the scariest villains yeah. in fiction mm-hmm. agreed ever even with his redemption arc in return of the jedi ignore that when you see him at the end of rogue one in the beginning of new hope where he's coming on to the rebel blockade mm-hmm. with that lightsaber that red lightsaber lit you know nothing about the character at this point really mm-hmm. if you're watching new hope when it was for the first time he is just an intimidating figure who is just scary. Vader is just scary. They tried to do it with Thanos to make him scary, but I think because of the way Thanos looks a bit goofy because he's purple, it doesn't work. <laughs> Kylo Ren, great character, but not, not he's no Vader. No. The Emperor, no, Darth Vader, I think, is the ultimate non-horror horror character. Yeah. I mean, you're a similar age to me, so, um, you know, we saw Vader as kids, so, you know, he was a scary character. And in Rogue One that you referenced, um, you know, that they have him at the end of that corridor and that, that saber lights up and yeah. he just rips through that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, and, you know, James Earl Jones adds, adds such uh, depth to that yes. character as well. That it just, yeah, that is a real good choice. Right. Okay. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to Adam for being on. No problem. I've really enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, 
Not really. No. Uh, I, t- I I do stream on tw- Twitch sometimes. I, c- I guess I can give that link. Yeah, go for it. I am going to be. St- I do stream every so often. Yeah. Um, it's a good talking to. So it's cap- uh, a good talking to. Yeah, just just one word. A talking. A good talking to. Okay. Well, I will put a link to your Twitch in my podcast feed, so that'll be good. We would have had comments from the Facebook group, but nobody said anything. So. <laughs> But the Facebook group for for this podcast is Creative Psychopaths that you can find on Facebook. Uh, Please join that if you listen to this, because each each week you can comment on the film that we're going to be doing and get yourself a shout out on the uh, show. Um, The last thing is that if you want to email in, it's creativepsychopaths at, no, creativepsychopathspod at gmail.com. I'm never going to get that right. And the last thing to say is, bye.